Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Have you ever wondered what those agents that are selling 600, 700, 800 homes every year are doing differently than you? Have you ever wondered what maybe they're doing on a daily basis and which habits they do or don't do that you're not? Hey, today we're talking with Todd Duncan, the Todd Duncan. He is the founder of Todd Duncan Coaching and High Trust and one of the, he is the coach of coaches, all right? He, he coaches the uh, the top agents, the top, the top lenders in the entire country. And so not only has he been a top lender uh, at the you know top 1% of the field, but he coaches the top 1%. And he sees all the stuff that they're doing. He's broken it down into a few success principles, and he's going to lay it out for us today. I promise you, th- this episode, guys, I'm excited to go back to this episode of the Massive Agent Podcast and listen multiple times okay, to my own show which is weird, but I'm going to do it anyways, because I, there was so much dropped by Todd today that I, I wasn't taking notes during the show. I need to go back and take notes. So this, if you've been looking to break through, if you've been looking for that, for, for the instruction, the tactics, the specific mindset that you need to bust through from selling 40 homes a year to 150, this is it. Buckle up guys. Great new episode right now. All right, guys, I'm here with the Todd Duncan. Welcome to the Massive Agent Podcast, my friend. How's it going? Hey, awesome, man. Good to be with you, Dustin. Thank you so much for the time today. Absolutely. I, I'm excited for this. You're, you're somebody that I, I certainly respect in the industry. You've done a lot. You've helped a lot of people. And I think you just have so much value that you can bring to our audience. And so um, I, I'm just grateful you came on the show and uh, I'm excited for the conversation. Ditto. I feel the same. And, and uh, always talking with you is, is productive and uh, certainly talking about how to help, you know, a- agents and lenders and all those uh, professionals wanting to be their best win is, is what I was born for. So it's good to always have these combos. Absolutely. Right. Well, th- yeah. thank you, Todd. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know you yet, you started as a loan officer, correct? Yep. How long ago? Yeah, was that? I actually, I actually uh, graduated with a degree in, in business and uh, an emphasis in marketing and finance. And my little league coach happened to own the largest real estate company on the West Coast at that time. It was Tarbell Real Realty. And uh, I remember going to a Fourth of July party in his backyard, and he said, "So now that you're graduated, what do you want to do?" And I said, "I'm really not sure yet." And he said, "Well, I, I would recommend that you either become a real estate agent or a lender." And you know, mm-hmm. we do both. And Tarbell had a, a a mortgage company, and so that that afternoon at the, you know, my parents and them were great friends. We had a we had a great uh, great kind of time together. And I think the following Tuesday, I was interviewing at the mortgage company, and the following Monday, I started my career as as a loan originator. And you know, I uh, had 27 real estate offices to call on, and about uh, 650 real estate agents and uh, made some decisions early on on mm. what I didn't like about the business and made some decisions early on on what, what I did like. And what I did like is I liked working with agents that had a vision, that had a dream, that had a goal, and that wanted to do stuff and do something big. And so I, I figured that piece out. And one of my mentors said, you know, if you're going to work with real estate agents, you need to understand real estate. And I said, so, so okay, so how do I do that? And he said, get your broker's license. So I went out and got my broker's license. So at the age of 23, I was a broker and a lender, licensed to do both. And it was just really powerful because then I just started studying real estate. And the more I studied real estate, the more value I could add to my my real estate agents and then help you know, help with the financing piece. So it was a great journey. In 12 years, my agents and I funded 5,926 uh, real estate transactions. So it was a good, good run. And, uh, wow. and then I sold the practice to my team. So it's been fun, man. It's just been fun. So that's my background, real estate and lending. And so what made you decide at that point to, or first off, did you go right into the Todd Duncan we know today and, and coaching and helping other agents and loan officers? Or, you know, what did that look like, you know, once you made the transition? Yeah, so I, I think early on, um, one one of the guys that I really trusted he was probably ten years older than me. He said, "The key to this whole business is is don't sell, help." 
And I said, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And, and he said, you can talk all day long about products. You can talk all day long about, you know, interest rates. You can talk all day long about costs. And everybody does that. Every, every lender does that. So if you don't want competition, and this was magic, Dustin. He said, if you don't want competition, do what your competitors don't. Go where they aren't and ask the questions they don't ask. And I just started thinking, okay, so that's a big change because the day that I decided how not to be a lender, I was in a real estate agent's office and I counted 21 lenders that came through the front door of those uh, those offices from one o'clock to four o'clock and they all looked useless. They all came in, you know, kind of peddling the same thing, dropping off rate sheets, doing this, that, and the other thing. And I watched this guy come through, uh, the, the number 22 person that came through the front door came up had an appointment with a top agent, happened to be number one for Remax in, in, in America, disappeared for 45 minutes, had what I now call a high trust conversation, came out 45 minutes later and they shook, shook hands and, and he looked at her and he said, I look forward to a long and mutually profitable partnership. And that was it, man. It was like, boom, light bulb flips. And I go, okay. And it, it came down to, I can either pursue transactions and make a living or I can pursue relationships and make a fortune. And if I pursue relationships, I never have to worry about transactions. So I decided to go for it with top agents, helping them win, helping them generate high convertible leads, uh, you know, in the, in the form of referrals. Um, and my whole goal was to just share what I call a, a value stream of content that would help them win in real estate. And that's all I did. I did that for 12 years. And, and then I started this company. So I was coaching my agents personally. I was doing office seminars, even though I didn't like that because you would speak to you know a couple hundred agents. Uh, and I was only doing business with maybe two or three in that office. It just got down to value, 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 value. And the more value I could produce, the more loyalty I had. And it, then it got down to how do I create economic windfalls for my agents? And that just sealed the deal. What I love about you, Todd, is you've won as an originator at a very high level. And then now you've been helping other originators win at very high levels. And so you have more perspective than most. If you had just stayed a I mean, maybe you're a top five originator in the country and that, and you do that for your whole career. That's great. You, you know, a lot of really cool shit that other people don't know um, that would help a lot of people, but now you see how so many others do it. And in you kind of, you have a much wider perspective. Talk about some of the trends or, or some of the, the main, um, the main points that, uh, you know, help people win at high levels that you've seen now that you've been able to help so many. Yeah. So I, I think Dustin out of the gates, you know, and I think you would probably understand this with your, your background as well. I think out of the gates, um, people kind of are misinformed about the, the, the piece of success that matters most. And the piece of success that matters most is not how many hours you work. It's not how many things you do. It is, um, are you really, really clear on the two or three things that move the needle? And I would tell my agents all the time, man, you have three responsibilities. You, at the end of the day, are a negotiator. And the other two things you do is you talk to buyers and you talk to sellers. And that's it. And to the extent that you can start to watch not only how much of the day I spend doing those things, but then how good I get at those things, you marry those two things together. And then all of a sudden, you can watch a, a five or a six or a seven X in volume without working a five or six or seven X in hours. And that's the whole goal of what I was bringing to the market with my agents as an LO is now what I've done globally with the entire real estate and lending world in Canada and France and Italy and Australia and South Africa. It's, it's like, let's figure this out. You're not paid by how many hours you work. You're, you're not paid by how many days a week you work. You're not paid um, based on how available you are. You're paid on, are you worth waiting for? And are you really good? And, and does that create an attraction factor in the marketplace? Because when I can do that, then I move from lead management to referral management and my conversion goes sky high. And so what I tell people is, is let's figure out how to become great at the few things instead of becoming average at, at, at many or most of the things. And man, if I could take one thing and improve it by 20, 20 X in terms of my effectiveness, that's so much more powerful than taking 20 things, which is what most agents do and improve it by 1%. And so that's all I've done. My whole career is focus. Let's you, you, you get more by doing less better 
and more consistently. And that's the recipe, man. I want to spend some time on that because I, I, I feel like the majority, like probably 98% of our industry struggles with that a lot because it's, there's so much involved with being a realtor. There's so much involved with being a lender. And so many of us just do it all ourselves. And hopefully <clears throat> if, if people have been listening to my show and actually do the stuff I tell them to do, they've at least gotten themselves a transaction coordinator. So they're not like doing contracts and hopefully they're not putting their own signs up and hopefully they're not mowing their own grass. Okay. <laughs> hopefully they, they've at least outsourced those things. Um, but there's so much more than that, isn't there? Like what, what else should an agent who's kind of right there, they're busy, they want to scale, but they're kind of stuck. Cause they're like, there's only so many hours in the day. What are some of those things they should be focused on? So, so it's, a, it's a huge question, and yet it's got a, a fairly simple answer. And let me tell you how I got clear on this without knowing when it happened. My dad was a physician. I remember on career day, I went to his hospital, and I was 13 years old, and my dad was an, uh, a radiologist. And so we're, we're at the x-ray um, sections in the hospital, and my dad is pointing out what the x-ray techs are doing. And I look at my dad, honest question. I said, Dad, how come you don't take the x-rays? And my dad looked at me and my dad said, because I get paid to read them. It was like, all of a sudden I got this really clear kind of deal that what do I get paid to do? You know, and when I became a loan rep, it was, I, I get paid to transform the borrower's lending experience and make the agent look great. To the extent I do that really, really well, I never have to worry about anything else. And when I became a lender, I started thinking, man, oh man, oh man, that, that day in my dad's hospital. And I started looking at the list of things that I was doing. I'm in my first month or two and I'm doing everything you can think of, schlepping docs and yeah. running to title and you know, on demand, get off the freeway and go see a real estate agent. And then I finally got clear on what really pays. What really pays me as a lender is the amount of consultations I have with buyers who are going to buy motivated and willing to buy at some point in the future, adding value in business planning and business reviews with my agents on a consistent basis, and then managing the consumer journey and customer experience. That's all I really get paid to do. I don't get paid to do email. I don't get paid to print flyers. I don't get paid to design marketing. I don't get paid to uh, uh, hand carry docs. I don't get paid to do any of that. Now I'm doing it, but and then I got this principle, and this is the takeaway for everybody. I got this principle called dollarization. And dollarization is how much are you worth per hour now? And everybody has a starting point. So here's the deal. The average sales price of a home in America right now, I think it's like $410,000. And if you're a buy side or a sell side agent, and you're going to get 2.5%, you know, you're going to make $12,000, $13,000 a transaction. So the question is... If you can make $12,000 a transaction and it takes you an hour to negotiate and an hour to work with the buyer and maybe an hour to show some property, you look at that and you go, okay, that's $4,000 an hour. So, so if I can make $4,000 an hour by doing only three things really well, how much easier is it to afford a transaction coordinator or a contract manager or a host of whatever, right? right. And that was the breakthrough, Dustin, because until you understand, and, and, and this is big for anybody in the commission world, until we understand that the exchange rate, the exchange rate that matters most is time in and revenue out. That's it. I don't mean to, I don't mean to, I don't want this to sound desensitive, right? But it's like, we, we, we don't question things like prior, prior to COVID who said that a three hour open house was the right way to do an open house. You know, right. I mean, if you're really yeah. thinking about productivity, you're thinking, let's just do a one hour open house, triple the traffic, yeah. create a buying frenzy. And if I want to go do another one for an hour, I can do it for an hour. But instead, we don't think creatively. And, you know, you let people meander through for three hours and then we suck at following up. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just a colossal waste of time. So for me, it gets down to and, and this is never going to change, Dustin. It gets down to what are you doing? And what's the ROI? And you can, uh, if you can make $4,000 an hour by focusing, you can, uh, you can afford a $4,000 a month assistant. 
That's all you have to do. It's, it just takes it takes one transaction and one decision before it dollarizes out. And then it's like, let's grow this baby. And the other thing is anybody can stop at whatever level they want. This was not and never has been about keep making more money. What it's about is like, like people say, you sound obsessed with money. No, I'm obsessed with freedom. And the problem with being obsessed with freedom is it takes money to get freedom. So if yes. it sounds like I'm about money, I am. I'm about what would it look like if an agent could double their gross close commissions and cut their work week by 25 or 30%? What would that be like? We have an agent in Lexington, Kentucky that's followed high trust for three years and he went from $8 million to $40 million in closed sales and reduced his work week by uh, 13 hours. And you just, okay, well, so what's good about that? And the answer is everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nobody, it. nobody in this world ever gets a plaque for working the most hours. Right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't understand that early in my career. I, I yeah. mistook, um, you know, busyness with productivity, busyness with, well, th that was it. Like I, I didn't understand more than that. I just thought I have all this to do. Um, I'm a busy real estate agent. That must mean I'm going to make some money until pretty soon you don't, but you're busy and you don't know how to stop being busy you know, that, that, that hamster wheel that, uh, that so many are on. Um, it, it, no, so let me give you some, let me give you some insight yeah, to that because I think everybody's probably going, okay, so what's the answer? The answer is to Ben Franklin said, um, the eye of the master will do more than both of his hands. And the key is to start looking at observation. Like if, if I can, in, in, the, in the days I first understood this, if I could make a thousand dollars in 60 minutes, how much could I afford to pay somebody in those 60 minutes to take away from me photocopying and faxing and scanning and doing all this kind of, you know, pulling out credit reports and all this kind of stuff. And it got down to as long as it was less than 10% of what I was going to be able to make, then it was okay. So that meant $100 an hour. Do you realize the quality of talent you can get for $100 an hour to make an extra $900 an hour. And that's how the whole thing started. Delegation is not new. Everybody watching this and listening to this knows that I don't get paid to do the stuff that I could actually job out for much less than it's costing me to do. And it's just an age old kind of crunch of fear and faith. Mm -hmm. And I tell people there's two things to do. One, start just looking at time blocking. I'll give you an example. So let's not be on demand. Okay, let's be worth waiting for. So let's not like check email every time email pops up. Let's just block email for an hour, make $12,000 in the hour and then check email. Okay, and just, just start to rhythmatically block what you're doing and then block the interruptions because what we're told by Fast Company Magazine and Harvard is it takes by as much as 50% longer to complete a task if you're interrupted in the middle of that task. And so the interruption, it's called in, it's called cognitive conflict. It's not like I'm multitasking. It's like I've got this thing and this thing and the brain can only do one. So I go back and forth, which is called switching. And so people are very, very busy to your point. But the question is busy doing what? And then the question is understanding the 80-20 rule, which is not a new idea. But the 80-20 rule says to an agent that if you were to write down 10 things you do, repeatedly. There's two of those things that could give you an 80% lift in your volume, but you're never going to get the lift in volume until you take the 80% of the time you're using on the eight things out of 10 that don't produce the lift and do something with that. It's either do it at low volume times, like the best time to call prospects is between eight and 11. So if we're going to do that, let's focus on that. Let's not let email interrupt that. Let's not let you know, anything else interrupt that, let's, let's block it. And then we get more done in less time. We don't waste a lot of time multitasking. And then you can start to look at, okay, so let's block it first. And then let's start to delegate it second. So I hired my first assistant 60 days into the deal. I didn't have the money to do it. I got a cash advance on my credit card and I just made a decision. All I got to do is close one loan a month to pay for this person. And within four months, she was full-time. And then I built a team of 12 people and we were doing $100, $100 million a year in volume. But it all started with, okay, what pays the most and how do I do that the most? That's it. This is a, to a topic <laughs> that I've been thinking about a lot because um, I'm, I'm kind of going through this myself right now. Like I, It started 
just over a year ago, I hired a fitness coach that at the time I thought was the most expensive fitness trainer on the planet. It was like 7,000 bucks. Right. And then my, my wife did it too. And, you know, cause we're like, you can YouTube that stuff. Right. Well, no, when you, when you make an investment in yourself, you take it so much more seriously. And that's exactly what happened. And we've had amazing physical results and, and feel amazing and everything, but it got me thinking in a new way. It's like, okay, well, where else am I looking for the cheap option and getting no growth? Where else can I write the big check and get 10 X the growth? So we, we, you know, hired another coach for, you know, mental reprogramming and mindset type stuff, which yeah. has just been extraordinary. And if, if you would have asked me a year ago, um, if I would ever spend that much on a coach, I would have laughed at you, but I'm like, this is the, what I'm going through. And I'm, I'm realizing sometimes the most expensive thing you can do is to not hire the coach or not take the course or All not right. invest in an assistant or a freaking transaction coordinator that's 300 bucks that you pay from closing. I can't believe how many agents still don't do that, Todd. It's mind boggling. But, um, you know, we, uh, we, we have, we have, um, I think we have in, in business, I think we have, um, some mental barriers, you know, and I think one of the absolutely. big mental barriers, yeah, one of the big mental barriers in building a team is fear. And it's the fear of, am I going to be able to pay for it? You know, am I going to be able to sustain it? Um, am I going to be able to train this person and all these, am I going to be, and that's all mindset stuff. And there's nothing yes. wrong with preparing for executing something that is new, right? And and even then we're gonna fail, right? And failure and success are just brothers and sisters. They work together beautifully. And but what's worse is not trusting that. And and, and here's where it got really clear for me. And I I hope this is mind blowing for everybody. If you understand what Dustin and I are talking about right now, you can actually do in a decade what all of your competition will take 40 years to accomplish. And that's the message I got as a as a 24-year-old lender was I mean, I retired literally, okay, at the age of 35 from lending. I didn't retire, but I, I, I did enough volume in 12 years of helping realtors win with borrowers that I didn't have to work anymore. And my agents made so much money that they could choose to work a different kind of schedule. And it wasn't that it was about that. It was about if the gift of life requires my labor, my life force, would I like to do that in an orchestrated way where there's less drama, less pain, less setback, less deals falling through, less, less, you know, conflict and challenge? And would I like to be more productive? Would I like to, I mean, what's, what's wrong with a new version of 24 seven? What's wrong with working 24 hours a week and seven months a year and doubling your income? What's wrong with that? And there's nothing wrong with that but it's, it's mindset. So here's the mindset equation. If, if you do an hour of email a day, instead of working with a buyer or a seller, okay, and let's just say it takes an hour to create trust, rapport, conversion, and contract. Okay, so it takes an hour. So if you have the right buyers and you have the right sellers, then your close-through rate is, it's gotta be north of 90%, you know, and, and given different markets that may or may not be higher or lower, but then it's like, okay, that's 12,000 bucks. So if I could make 12,000 bucks an hour a day mindset, right? How many days would I work or how many hours during the day would I work? And some people would say, I'm still going to work 40 hours, but now I'm going to, you know, at eight X or 10 X or yeah. my volume. And, and, and so you got to get comfortable. So like how much would it cost to have somebody handle your transaction interchange, all the Intel, you know, working with title, working with the buyers, working with whomever, whatever thousand dollars an hour. That's like, you wouldn't have to even come close to paying that. You could do a hundred dollars an hour. You could do incentives and bonuses and you'd make an extra $12,000 an hour if you focus and people need to understand Dustin. I think the, the most important thing is, is we invest in depreciating assets as real estate professionals. You understand how stupid that is. You know, we buy cars and we have a thousand dollar a month car payments when instead we could invest a thousand dollars a month in coaching and all of a sudden have more revenue and more money and more life joy and more life force to go out and do whatever we want. We can buy that car, but we have our order messed up. 
we, we buy the depreciating asset first, and then we try to fix the business. The better idea is let's run the business the right way, and then we can buy anything. I mean, mm-hmm. right? And so the best investment to make is the investment we make in ourselves because we can outperform cryptocurrency. We can outperform the stock market. We can outperform real estate growth. We can outperform everything when we invest in ourselves because we get the highest return. So I agree with you on that. And it's just critical. And you delegate a little and then you decide at what level you don't need to build any more team strength, you know, and you could have one agent that has one assistant and that's all she or he's going to need for their career because they want to do 25 transactions a year or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or you could have somebody that wants to build a really solid real estate business and they're going to have, you know, five transaction coordinators and 10 buyers agents. And, you know, but, but doesn't matter. It's just delegation. It's delegation and growth and scale. And anybody can stop wherever they want. It's, there's no, no special juice that says, once you get to this, you've arrived. It's all about what you want, you know, and how much you're not getting because you're not following success principles. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because it, it really drives me nuts how so many people are focused on metrics of success that the industry's given them. How many deals do you do? You know, well, what if you only want to do one a month or one every couple of months? Cause you're a, a stay at home mom or a stay at home dad. And like, that's literally all you want. If you do that, you're a success. You know, um, the, these metrics that the industry puts out there, it, cool. Like if, if that's what you want, but you know, what if you could double your average sale price and do half as many deals to stay and make the same amount of money? You know, there's there's so many different things that agents can do uh, to give them the freedom to have the lifestyle they want. You mentioned earlier, it's not about the money. It's not. But the things that I want to do with my life, I need money to do. Right. And that's just a fact. It is what it is. Um, and, and honestly, I have not seen another industry that offers so many options, so many different ways of doing business so people can attain that than the real estate and mortgage industry. It's unbelievable. And there's zero limit. There's zero limit. And again, it's not about the hours you work. Everybody needs to get really clear on this. And I, and I, I, I need people and I want people and I have a desire for people to think at different levels. My favorite quote as a loan rep was the life you lead, the life you live is the life within the limits of your own thinking. And that was a Thomas Dreyer quote early on. And it was all about, okay, what are my limits? And my limits were that I could only do this much. And when I started thinking that I could go from, you know, a quarter acre mindset to an acre mindset to a hundred acre mindset and starting to, to realize that a one person that I do a loan for and I do it really well and a real estate agent has referred that person to me, if I do that really, really well, that person is going to be the gateway to everything I need and everything that agent needs forever. And I remember one of the first deals I closed was for a physician and his best friend was the president of a bank and the bank had 3,500 depositors. And Debbie Johnson, who is my real estate agent, she and I were talking and the, the physician referred me to the president. Within a month, we were the lender and the real estate team for the bank. And she made a fortune over the next 10 years with 3,500 depositors helping them buy and sell real estate. And what we need to understand is there's, there's these really massive, massive agent, right? There's these really massive decisions. The decision is to move from lead gen to referral only. The decision is don't talk to 10 to get one, talk to two to get one, which requires you to get better and better and better and better. And our conversion rates are the fastest way for us to scale income and reduce work weeks because most agents and most lenders do it in reverse. They talk to so many people and then they just assume, okay, this is what I'm getting. And I I changed the whole thing. Like if you talk to four potential buyers or sellers a day as an agent, and you had a 25% conversion rate and you got a deal a day and you got 20 deals a month. Do you realize where that puts you as a real estate agent? Oh, top 1% but, easy. Right. And, yep. and so if I want to double my production, the biggest mistake people make is instead of taking the four conversations to two conversion, right? 50%, they say, let's talk to eight and we leave conversion at 25%. We still get a net increase of one so but it takes an extra 
two hours or three hours to do that. So the highest paid real estate agents talk to fewer people, have higher conversion rate, and then they activate this referral centric kind of thinking, which is where most agents are leaving millions and millions of dollars on the table that they should be making. Quite honestly, we, we do a horrible job staying connected with our universe, our tribe. What is, what are some of the things that the, the average person listening can do to increase the conversions of their conversations? Um, the, the first thing I would tell everybody is stop selling and start asking. Uh, the, the greatest successes we can have is understanding. It's so funny you asked that. I have this thing right in front of me, Dustin. It's called. <laughs> it's called I saw that the other day. Did you post that? Of, yeah. Talking yeah, yourself I saw out, that. Of, out of a deal. Amazing. So on this particular study that we did, um, we had, we had, we had word count and it was like seller word count. So an agent is a seller, right? A lender is a seller. And so what, what, what's happening is people talk so much that the prospect doesn't feel heard or listened to. So the longer you talk, the lower your conversion. So what we tell people is ask fewer questions that are more penetrative, more emotional, deeper, don't sell, just ask really great questions and listen. And if you could take a hundred words and be really good at 25 of them, what our stats tell us is you would convert 78% of those people to contracts. Hmm. If you take the hundred words and you use 80 of them, your conversion drops to 17%. Talk less, ask deeper questions questions that connect at the heart that help you discover the emotional motivation that people have sell to the emotion. Do not sell to the price. Do not sell to the cost. Do not sell to the appreciation. Don't do any of that. Sell to the emotion and you have a client for life. It takes less words, has deeper attraction, has higher referability. People won't refer you if they haven't felt connected during the experience, even though they might sell the home or buy the home or both. The best people in the world ask different questions and they slow down the conversation. It's like, you know, it's like, um, do you even know? Do you like have a one question? Like the question, the one question you ask. And when I was a lender, I would always ask real estate agents, help me understand what's important about being successful to you. And I could just zip it right there and I could get probably 10 minutes of intel. And then all I had to do was what else? what else? What else? Instead of you don't know how to ask questions, you will default to talking. And when you talk, you talk yourself out of the sale. I would ask buyers, help me understand what's important about buying a home to you, not this home. What's important about buying a home to you? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? How can I help you get there? That's it, right? And when people feel heard and people feel that you're not selling, they convert. When people feel sold to, they don't convert. When people feel brought in, they do convert. And by the way, depending on how that works out, they either feel comfortable then referring you or they don't. And it's that straightforward. That is pretty straightforward. And you know, thinking to some of the, the times I've had a salesman or a sales rep that just really did a great job. They were doing exactly what you said. It, it was natural. You know, it wasn't a script they were following. They were naturally curious, but they, um, they just, they kept wanting to get more information and letting me talk. And, and it's people it's can weird. see when you're trying to sell, they can yeah. see it and they can feel it. Yes. Yes. What are, do you have any other examples of, of some things that agents can say in a listing presentation or when they meet a buyer for the first time or during negotiations, you know, in an offer situation, um, you know, some, some great questions, you know, what are some other examples of those? Yeah. So um, my wife and I, Deb wrote a book called five stars and it was how to create high trust uh, in the digital world. And one of the things we talk about is story selling. And so story selling sounds like this. Um, Most agents would blah, 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 blah. How I am different is blah, 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 blah. And so most agents would be happy to show you 10 to 20 homes. 
how I'm different is I really appreciate your time. And I appreciate the stress of finding the right home. If we could spend a little bit of time right now, I could probably narrow that search down to five, one of which I think you'd really, really love. Just like that. Do you want to go see 20 homes or do you want to see five? Those are the, the stories. So I'd say to, for my agents, my agents, I really wanted them to understand how I worked with buyers. And so I would say to a buyer, you know, most lenders are happy to quote you an interest rate and send you a good faith estimate. How I'm different is your mortgage needs a strategy. The lowest rate with the wrong strategy can cost you more than a slightly higher rate with a lower strategy. Is it okay if I ask you some questions about what you're trying to accomplish? Boom. And we're done, right? And so it's it's how you set it up that's that's super critical. When um, when when a potential uh, uh, you know seller is going to say, um, you know, I I really want to sell it for this. I really think it's worth that. Um, most agents would be happy to take the listing at that price. My responsibility is to help you accomplish your goals. And if you want to sell the home and you want to move the home, we need a different strategy than if you just want me to list it. Anybody can list your property. The key is, can they sell it? And so what's important to you about selling this property? What are the top things you're trying to accomplish? What's next for you in buying real estate? Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. And you just got to you got to get into the relationship mode as fast as possible. Listing agents have a hard time with this because they think it's about uh, it's about you know their their credentials or uh, how far they've come and how long they've been and the, the number you know one or this that or the other thing. And at the end of the day, sellers don't care about that. They they care about do they feel that you understand them and, and their goals and do you feel connected? And so I could start a listing presentation out by saying, you know, most sellers, you know, think that, that I need to tell them, you know, what their home is going to sell for and how much they're going to be able to earn. And that's all part of it. But before I do any of that, I need to know who you are, why you want to sell, what's important to you about selling and what you're actually trying to accomplish in real estate. And then let's architect a bigger plan. It's just those kinds of little differentiation points are are huge. I don't even want to go, sh I, you know, in the old days, I would not even want to put you in a car to go show you property unless I've done a really super deep dive. So I know nobody gets, nobody wins by seeing a whole bunch of houses where you're 30 feet in the front door and the buyer goes, I don't like this. I mean, we just, you know, we just got to. And we have technology today to help us do that. So I just think, I think it's all about efficiency, Dustin. It's like, and it's about connection. You know, one of the things in Irrefutable, which is this live stream we're doing on July 22nd, is principle number three. And principle number three is emotional connection accelerates trust and deepens relationship. And every real estate agent on the planet needs to understand that if you have a if you have a tribe of a couple hundred buyers and sellers that you've done business for and all you do is love on those people and work them into your network and nurture them, you can make nine million dollars a year with 200 buyers and sellers that are loyal to you that will help you find other people that they can bring to your tribe. And it's just like, who would not want that? And I have the math to prove that and I have agents to, you know, to validate that it happens. It's like you don't need a million people to make a million dollars. You need like a hundred that love you that are going to sell for you all day long. Cool. Every buyer and a seller is part of your sales force actually. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was having a conversation the other day with, with one of my agents and they, they were telling me how early on in their career. And I did this too. We focused on, you know, the transaction, but, it's not about any one transaction. It's about the lifetime value of a client and how you unlock that is doing all the stuff you mentioned, you know, having a relationship, asking great questions where you really do give a crap about them. Like you really do care what they want. So then you can help them get it. And then that's how you unlock that lifetime value of them referring you to their sister-in-law and them referring you to their, you know, cousin and whoever, that's how it works. And, and it just, I think it takes people far too long to get to that point in their careers. It took me, you know, well past the halfway point in my career to get it. Um, and I think some of that, Todd, comes from the financial situation that some agents and, and lenders are in. When we need a closing, we, we just don't make the best decisions um, for the clients that we, 
that we would if, if we were not thinking about our paycheck at all. We just make better decisions if, if we're literally yeah. only thinking of them, right? That is, that is so huge. You know, I was told early on a needy salesperson isn't needed. And mm. it was really, it was classic. It was just classic. And, you know, the math and I, Dustin, I just want to put this out. I want every agent to understand this. If you start to think that all I need is one and one gets me five and five gets me 25 and 25 gets me 125 and 125 gets, gets me 650. If I start thinking that way, then I'm able to implement this kind of referral by design methodology, right? And in my mind, referral by design is I want to eliminate marketing cost to as low as possible. I want to increase cash flow per hour to as much as possible. And I want to have the most fun doing it. For most agents and most lenders, they don't wake up every day thrilled to prospect. And the reason is because they try to prospect from pools where they're not integratedly introduced. Right. Instead, I say, why don't you understand that a person that is going to sell or buy or both, if you really do this right, they're going to love you forever. And why don't I do that? And why don't I start to think as an agent that every buyer and seller, I'm going to build these five-year loyalty models around. And so I just pulled up a document from, from Irrefutable because we're getting ready to talk about it. But under agents, I, I say, so what would happen if you started thinking about buyers and sellers as five-year loyalty cycles and you would stay in touch with them like an annual real estate review? Everybody gets an annual real estate review. Where are you? Where do you want to go? How's the family size? How's the asset base? What are the real estate dreams for the next three to five years, five, five to seven, seven years plus? They don't do that. We don't do that. We want clients for life, but we don't talk to them during their life. But if I could mm -hmm. nurture a network of 200 buyers and sellers and from every buyer or every seller, I got four transactions over five years. That's like a referral that closes every 15 months. That is so doable, right? It's so doable. And if the average commission in America for per side is 12,000 bucks, that buyer or that seller is worth $48,000. Most agents don't even think about this number. So watch this. If I have one buyer and one seller, $48,000 in value because they're going to refer me to four people in five years. That's $9.6 million in gross close commissions without hard selling, cold calling, buying lead lists, Zillow, Red, any of this stuff, it's gone. And people look at that and they go, I could be a multimillionaire by loving on 200 buyers and sellers. And that's it. Because they'll introduce you to everybody you need. You No more cold calls, no more paid advertising, no more, I mean, high conversion, right? High trust referrals. They know the people you need to know. But instead, we just sit here and we pound nails with our forehead and we don't get anywhere. It just, it just hurts. It hurts to see the economic value that's out there and, and people not going after it, Dustin, honestly. Yes. Um, Todd, you mentioned this irrefutable event and you know we, we've partnered up on it. We're super excited about it. I applaud you for your segue before I had a chance to do my segue. <laughs> well done, Todd. Um, but I, I'm excited about it. And you you kind of teased a little bit of, you know, one of these principles. Why don't you, can you tell everyone a little bit more about this irrefutable event that we're doing on July 20th? Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited about it because um, I wake up every day. And I, I, I really try to, to answer one question. And the question I ask every day, Dustin, is who's next? And what who's next means for me is I just want to know every day that one person in the world got impacted, you know, and, and we have 6 million clients around the globe. And, and it's just like, who's next? Who's next? And what I, what I arrived at was very successful real estate agents and very successful lenders practice a few simple principles. And we called it irrefutable because the definition of irrefutable is it cannot be altered or changed. So if we have a principle that cannot be altered or changed, all you have to do then is understand the principle and select a method 
the methods can be hundreds. There's a lot of different ways to get there. But if you don't know the principle, you're going to be all kind of scattered and, and around. So we're going to spend four hours on July 22nd from nine to one uh, on Pacific Standard Time. I'm going to lead every agent and lender. So agents are inviting their lenders. Lenders are inviting their agents. I'm going to lead them through the five principles. The five principles are from start to finish, the five principles that are really quantifiably what a high-performance mortgage or real estate practice looks like. So high-performance realtors understand principle number one, everything can be improved. And they set about the course of improving the things that matter most, that give us the highest ROI and delegating the rest and figuring out how to run a very, very kind of assembly line manufacturing kind of process. Everything can be improved. What I say, what I ask, how I pitch, how I contract, everything can be improved. The second principle is success can only be built on failure. So the highest paid people period on the planet love failure. They don't wake up and say, I'm, I'm super excited about failing, but they do. They look in the mirror and, and they go, failure is good. I mean, the faster I figure out how not to do this, the faster I can figure out the right way to do it. And so there's this proclivity, I think, for most people to shy away from failure when in fact, failure is the best thing you can have. Early failure is even better, right? And not repeating mm -hmm. the same failure over and over is even great. So success and failure kind of come together. And, and so you've got to have this healthy, healthy attitude where a lot of agents are overtaken by fear, particularly in tough markets where we're not really in a tough market right now, except we're low inventory. We still have you know, multiple offer scenarios. We, we're not sure about where the economy is going. We don't know if, uh, I think home sale prices are probably going to start falling a little bit. They're going to soften a little bit. I think uh, uh, the market's going to change. So what do we do right now to make sure that when it does and how it does, we're prepared? Uh, the third one, third principle is the one I just told you about. Uh, emotional connection accelerates trust and deepens relationship. And that's the conversion principle. You don't have to. So we're going to talk about the scripts and the questions and how do you go about converting? And then the fourth principle is competence leads to confidence and confidence leads to consistency. The number one thing agents need to understand and lenders is you don't get paid on how many hours you work. You get paid on how consistent each one of those hours is in producing revenue. So how do we move from competence and fear to competence and excitement to then consistency, right? And then to your point, the, the fifth principle and the last principle is accountability matters more than action. And you use two great examples about trainers. Accountability is the mother load. The highest paid people in the world in any discipline have coaches, speaking coaches, writing coaches, you know, theater coaches, physical coaches, mental coaches, swing coaches, shot coaches. You know, I mean, and you can look at anybody that's not at their best and chances are they haven't engaged a coach. So we're going to give everybody that we're going to give you a year to use the material and we're going to give you a 12 week playbook. And uh, it's a super exciting event. I love it. So you guys, yeah. if you want to, um, if you want to join that, talk to your lender, your lender may actually have a, a, a discount for you um, or go to massiveagentpodcast.com slash Todd, T-O-D-D. That'll take you right to the website. Uh, if you would just want to get a ticket directly, but talk to your lender, say, um, you know, say, Hey, Todd Duncan told me about this event called Irrefutable. Do you have a ticket for me? And if they don't watch them squirm, <laughs> they'll figure it out. <laughs> yes. It's all good. Todd, before we wrap it up, um, with, whenever we have a guest, we do these rapid fire questions. They're either or questions. It kind of helps us get to know the guests a little bit better. And so um, I think these are a lot of fun. So if you're game for that, let's do it. And then we'll let let's everyone. Cool. Then we'll let everyone know where they can find you and we'll wrap it up. All right. So either or questions, you don't need to elaborate unless you want to. Uh, first one, Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Instagram or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Uh, books or podcasts? Podcasts. Podcasts or audiobooks? Audiobooks. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Good call. Alexa or Google Home? I'm neither. Okay. That's becoming a very common <laughs> response to that question lately over the last year or two. Uh, burgers or pizza? Uh, burgers. New York or LA? New York. Uh, NFL or NBA? NFL. Um, football or baseball? 
football much faster and baseball bores me. I'm with you on that. I, I've never gotten into baseball, but I didn't play it as a kid. So football, uh, mountains or beach. Oh boy. I have both, uh, beach podcast or vlog. Um, podcast, YouTube or Facebook live. Hmm. YouTube rich dad, poor dad or millionaire real estate agent. Oh man. I think millionaire real estate agent is a solid book, but I think it's built on rich dad, poor dad. <laughs> Ooh, I, that's a, that's a great take actually, Todd. I like that. Right. All right. Uber or Lyft? Helicopter jet. Let's see. Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Private limo. There. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Such a great answer, Todd. <laughs> Gary V or Grant Cardone? Uh, let's see. I know them both. Uh, Grant and I are neighbors. Yeah, I like uh, I like Grant's content. I like Gary V's passion. Mm. I think they both are worth listening to. That is a great answer. And then, what is the most impactful book you've ever read or listened to? Uh, this is a laydown. Uh, the best book I ever read was the book my grandmother gave me when I was 16. It was entitled Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. Mm. It's written by Napoleon Hill and W. Clement Stone. And my big takeaway, and I'm going to give this to everybody right now, my big takeaway, there's a quote in that book that said, and I quote, there's very little difference between successful people and unsuccessful people, but the little difference makes the big difference. The little difference is attitude. The big difference is whether it's positive or not. And I have decided early on that positivity wins the day as long as it's closely followed by skill. Because you can be really positive and not know what you're doing. I can be really positive. I know how to fly a plane, but if I don't know how to fly a plane, it's not going to work out real well. But positivity, Dustin, I got to tell you right now, the world is full of negativity and people don't need to hang around any negativity. You've got to seize the day and positivity just rules the future. If you can see the glass is half full instead of half empty, even though the circumstances might be the same, you're going to win. And, um, I read a book called Learned Optimism a long time ago, too, on the book issue written by Martin Seligman. He said, positive people outperform negative people in selling two to one. Just I believe that. Super straight. Yeah. Super straightforward. I would have thought it'd be more than two, two to one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Todd, thank you so much. So much gold today. So many great nuggets dropped. Um, yeah. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And I'm super excited for the irrefutable event here in a couple of weeks. So make sure you guys go to massiveagentpodcast.com slash Todd or talk to your lender um, and you know hold their feet to the fire. They can get you a discount, a 50% off discount if you get it from your lender. So Todd, thanks so much, my friend. Awesome, Dustin. Thank you so much. Good, good talking to you and uh, be blessed. You as well. Hi, this is Todd Duncan. On July 22nd, I'm bringing to the mortgage and real estate community my brand new workshop entitled Irrefutable, The Five Principles of High Performance Mortgage and Real Estate Practices. In this four-hour live stream, I'm going to share these five principles and I promise you they will guarantee you not only profitable growth, production growth, efficiency growth, but they'll also serve to give you an insurance policy to handle any of the uncertainties about the future economy. Come join me on July 22nd by clicking the show notes and using the promo code TODD50, that's 50, TODD50, and you'll get $50 off your ticket to Irrefutable. I look forward to seeing you online on July 22nd.